<laughs> Listen, I'm like woke, so uh, I, I I'm empowering the the V Rad and Rav Four. Rav Vagina, Rav Four. What's the um? There was another. There was a little tiny, and I might be wrong about this. There's a there was a little t- tiny. Oh, what the hell is that little SUV-ish, fake Jeep-ish thing that was, like, small? Is that a RAV4? Oh, no. I, I Maybe, but is it the Suzuki or the... the yeah, sidekick. Back in the day, <laughs> sidekick. Yeah, Suzuki sidekick. Is that what a RAV4 is like? No, it's not. Listen, RAV4, this is a... I want a RAV2, even smaller. <laughs> and like, yeah, you, yeah, you do. This is, like, a 2017, I think, like that, so it just looks like a regular, regular car. So, Regular SUV. Uh, all right. Well, besides your, it runs on estrogen. <laughs> so uh, aside from your uh, emasculating vehicle, mm-hmm, uh, which I should never have the mentioned, matching ball gag is the exact same color. It's just painted. The, the interior is the same as the straps that go around your head when you're in the basement. And uh, there's definitely GPS on there, and you get uh, yep. there's just frowny face. Uh, icons in there that just light up when you just sheer disappointment from the better half, from the angrier half. All right, this isn't fair. What I, the way I paint your beautiful, brilliant, educated, responsible wife is not mm-hmm. fair, and that's why I do it. <laughs> and I will not. There's no chance of me ever stopping. So today, uh, you know, a lot has happened. Me and you have been laying some of these down. To be more reliable, ball gag of uh, the co-hosts. And Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say this, too. So, yeah, so we've been laying stuff down. A lot has happened. I had my first in-person visit with a non-family member on uh, a couple days ago. Oh, God. So tempted to hit the applause button on that. You do it. You got it? I know you're just... Everyone's always... That's a smattering. That's That's a smattering. That's a a, a small uh, slam poetry group. (laughs) It's just uh, everyone that gets the drops wants to do it. Ladies wear it. By by the way, fuck you, ladies wear. I haven't been able to talk to that little turd. I don't know what he's doing. Call him on his day. I guess this is (laughs) a time or place for it. Uh, But yeah, so a lot's lot's going on. You know, we were... uh, Laying one down, and the, the subject came up mm-hmm. of uh, maybe some of the untold, I don't want to say positive, yeah, positive aspects of prison sure. maybe you wouldn't expect or appreciate, and we kind of had to put a kibosh on it until, uh, I was like, well, that's a full episode, we can do that. Yeah. But there's other stuff yeah. that happened that we can also talk about. It doesn't have to just be all that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was born from the 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 feeling of uh, like I wanted to. Uh, it occurred to me that you know there's probably some things that are good while being in prison, but that is a weird. But that's a weird question. Like that's a thought that I usually interrupt. Like because that sounds stupid. But then I'm like, no, no, no. But you know, as human beings, there are good, there's happiness, there's sadness, there's the whole gamut, right? And I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, about what things well, I, I, there's only one way to put it it's very simply it's just there are good things or there are bad things but but so what are some of the good things about being in prison well, it makes me cringe this, uh, to ask that question but that's the question though well let me say this before like a little disclaimer as we all know i'm pretty privy to or i'm mm-hmm. excited about heavy-handed with it so any of these positives are not as, there's not a single one of them that was intended they're all just byproducts of i guess human <clears throat> nature and um mm-hmm. 
I think it stands as an example not of prisons good for you as a, as much as it is look at where you can find positivity if you're looking for it, no matter where you are. I think that's really the, the tale of this yes. case. And it comes in unexpected things that the prison movies and documentaries don't show you. You know, I went over this before. When people watch Locked Up or, you know, Hard Time or whatever those Nat Geo shows are and whatnot, there those are not, those are a hyped up version. No no one's getting on there and telling you about um trying to fuck a noodle like G. R. Joe did. You know, they're they're on their tough guy shit on camera and you know, when it airs, I'm sure they all make fun of each other. You see you like, Do you see D? He's a bitch. Why well, he's talking all tough on there and shit. You know, like that's not a real yeah. it's definitely not a full full picture. So so there are things that are um unexpected that are kind of positive and shit in here. Yeah. And um there's a good story, but when me and the swarthy one had talked about this. So he was he did his 16 years, got out, and was on parole, and got into some shit, and he was with some people who may or may not have had some stuff at a hotel, whatever, and ends up yeah. violated and catching a new case. It's called PV New Bit. So parole violation, new okay. charge, not just a violation, but you caught a new case. On yeah. Saturday, right? So the thing was, he should have been fine, like... Nothing. He was. He really didn't do anything. But he was the felon, and they wanted him. So he told his co-defendants, "Like, look, they're gonna probably try to get you to say this certain thing was mine or whatever." Well, I don't even know all the details um, because none of them had records like that. And you know, they want. You know, they look at it and they're like, "This guy right here, he's the piece of shit." Or whatever. And now the convict code, outlaw code, is we don't go to outsiders to handle our business. We all know what our um, the risk we're taking is. If we get mm-hmm. popped, we get popped. There is no stop using cheat codes in this life. You know what I mean? Okay. And it and so he told them, and this is a story he, he tells me. Um, he's told me repeatedly, but you know when fish are around and stuff, they'll use it. But he says, "Listen, you guys are going to go to prison probably for two years, three years max, right?" He's like, "You're probably okay. going to go for two years." No big, he just did 16, you know what I mean? He goes, now, you're not going to believe this, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> Which, to him, he's like, listen, so you're not, you don't believe me, you're going to laugh harder than you've ever laughed in your life. It sucks, there are parts that sucks, but especially doing a small little bit like that, it's gonna wow. be, you're going to have some of the best times you've ever had in your life. Which wow. didn't work, and they promptly told on him. So it's not, he didn't really do the My best God. job selling it, but he was furious. And when he said it, the fish that was around was like, what are you insane? But everyone who was who had been down a long time, all the OGs are like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, good mm-hmm. luck selling that on someone. And it's not a right. full picture, but especially, so he told him, he's like, you guys are going to go to a level one right away because you're short amount of time. You're not in. You're not going to be in for a bullshit case. You didn't tell anyone. You're not a chomo, and you're going to level one. You'll be out all day. You really get time. And they were addicts too. He's like, you'll get time to reset. It's going to be good for you, and you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to. And uh, like I said, it didn't wow. really work. But he's right. There's um. Geez, that is like a very very positive. I think if I were listening to that, I would probably be encouraged. That that that, that kind of sold me. Well. You're also from a guy who has known nothing but prison. You know what I mean? He's he, sure. he spent more time incarcerated than out, and he right. has fucked him up. Like one of the we do on the on 15 minute uh, Monday episodes of Doug, we do like the prison vocabulary at the end of the day. Well, bug the term bug, like you could imagine, like in the world, people some people probably use that. Like he's bugged out, 
Well, in prison, mm-hmm. it's something that's used very frequently, and it's very specific. So when you say someone's a bug, you're basically saying the prison has fucked them up, and they're usually a decent person, or they got other attributes, but it's like... He's a bug. It's like saying he's not all there, you know what I mean? He's fucked up. Gotcha. For instance, guy walking by right now, and I don't know how he does it, his socks. Imagine you have your socks pulled up to, like, your mid-calf, and you just took a pair of scissors and randomly cut a strip down and then pulled them down and, like, at weird angles and ripped. So they're, like, folded over and ripped. But every time I see them, they're on the same foot, meaning he knows which ripped one is, like, should be on the last one and which should be on You have one minute <laughs> remaining. And that guy's bugged out. He's got the bas- orange basketball shorts and the prison blue, like, dress shirt with old shit, and he's walking around in the rain. Um, wow. So Blaze is super bugged out. He's like, it's literally changed the way his brain works and the, the shit he thinks about and all that stuff. So yeah. you got to take it with a grain of salt. And prison isn't... Prison can be fun, but life anywhere can be fun. And it made me really question, like, seeing, like, some of the the gallows humor and dark shit in here that can be turned into positive shit. It made me think about, I think I might have said this before, that there might have been, mm-hmm. there were times in the Holocaust, I'm sure, where there was some uh, <laughs> laugh hat there. I'm Moments curious, of laughter. No, I know, I'm following you on that. I, I agree. <clears throat> it has to be. Can't say that. I'm just canceled immediately. He said, he said the Holocaust was fun. Or fun, <laughs> even worse. The Holocaust wasn't that bad, yeah. <laughs> We're done. Thank you for using um, GTL. Listen, there's like this chaos going on with the weirdest, like the Miley one of the people in the throuple. There's like the, the most interesting drama going on in the prison yard <laughs> is with all of there's it's so chaotic. We're gonna have to feed delve off into this at some point. Just screaming through the fence. What, like right now? Yeah, yeah. So the fence is that was put up because of COVID to divide nine and ten block yard. You know, there's like four basketball blacktops in front. We all shared. Okay. But COVID, they put a fence in the middle, right? So we were all at the fence talking. So then they put another fence with blocks in between about keeping it about six feet apart. Yeah. And then people both stood at the fence and talked. And uh, then they painted an orange line about ten feet back from the uh, – a yellow line ten feet back. So now you got to – so now there is no secret. So you have to, like, yell. So when I talk to the swarthy one, you have to kind of yell. And, um, oh, this is one of the top positive things. The most ridiculous social interactions in like you've ever seen in your life. So did you ever listen to the Thruple episodes? So Miley is the one that's like, looks like Woody Allen. He's got the bent arm IQ of like 70. I don't know. So it's just... I don't think so. There's a whole... I, we don't have time to get into it. We will get into it because it's absurd and you can't make the shit up. Yeah, there was punch thrown yesterday. Okay, so I'm sorry. It's hard. You got to remember, like I'm in the middle of a circus trying to deliver yeah. some sort of hearing <laughs> thing on iTunes. The fact that this is on iTunes with like Ma- Malcolm Gladwell is just absurd. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so yeah, okay. The positive shit, right? One of the things that's interesting, nowhere near as interesting as the shit going on behind me. But that was very like fascinating <laughs> with with me when. So at a certain point, depending on the age of our viewers, you start, uh, you start, you, you have like the age, you know, starting somewhere, I don't know, the, the, the range may vary, but I'd say somewhere between like ninth grade to like senior in high school, a couple years after. Like that, that phase is like 
very little responsibility, super yeah. social. You're emerging into adulthood. You've got your, your, your social, your friend group. You're doing a lot of first things for, you know, together, like first yeah, things, a lot first of first. things yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And so there's this kind of camaraderie that builds and it's just a real, um, hopeful. I don't know. It's a special time. Hopeful, right? Yeah. Like most yeah. Yeah. Would consider that the most magical, even if it's like was weird and chaotic, like for us, um, just a special part of your life is that yeah. w- that era. And you came along towards the end of ours, like the last yeah. couple of years of our friend group. And um, yep. I think we all look back, you do too, about the oh, time period. And then you get older and everyone splits off because like shit hits the fan. You either become a homeless addict, which a lot of us did, or you're <laughs> like, oh shit, I got to work and you know, I got this girl pregnant or we're going to do this. Right house, car, and then life just gets a hold of you and pries everyone apart, and you look back at those times with with fondness, but also, like, we can't go back to that. You know, we've got all this other stuff going on, right. and then you kind of... There's a weird thing. I, you, I don't know if you ever thought this. So, like, after our little friend group, and I moved around a lot, and I don't know if this is the fact that you don't make few there were they were special people or it was just that like you're in a later part of your life where you don't meet a bunch of people but i had this feeling of like man like i don't have friends like i used to have like that same vibe right. um, when you get there right that should uh right that shit goes away yeah 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 i was i, I thought you were keep uh, gonna keep going no i just was wondering if you experienced that thing too where you're like oh like yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, uh, you know, that, 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 that phase of life of which you were talking about and I came around at the end, you know, it's like while you're li- while you're living that period, you have no idea that that will never, that there will never be anything like that again until afterwards. And then you look back and then sometimes it's, sometimes you look back and, and, uh, I don't know, just, do you ever talk to somebody that like, there's one thing to like reminisce like you and I have done, but then you talk to people, and you could tell that, like, based on the way their life, like, the way they feel about their life at the moment, you know, they wish they could actually go back. And there's, like, a different yeah. layer of, of, of sadness there. I've just picked up on that yeah. before with some people. Yeah, that's the whole thing with nostalgia. It's, like, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a sadness at the appreciation of a time that you no longer have. That's, like, the appreciation was gained later, and so you're kind of sad that it was gone. And, like, it's just, that's what I always talk about. It's going to my favorite, like, human emotions. It's, uh, is that nostalgia because it's mixed it's mixed bag of feelings and shit anyways when you come you think that part's dead you're like that part of life is over or whatever and you don't I don't even know if you actively think like that part is over it just kind mm-hmm. of feels like that and then when you come to prison all of a sudden and I'm starting to realize it even just like talking about it now is that a lot of the same factors come into play right like you're in a new place yeah. You, your housing, your food, and your clothes are paid for, right? So you're not going to be homeless or any of that stuff. Um, you you have like an over an overseer, like right? Like you have people that are watching you that are trying to keep you in check, and then you have a whole group of um, people socially that have shit in common with you, whether you're in a fraternity mm-hmm. or not. Like we're all convicts, right? Yep. So inside of that like th- that shit reemerges again and i remember like really quickly going like oh i forgot about like like this thing this social this real yeah. 
not like you see someone at work and then maybe you know they're right. You guys go out on a double date sometimes and you guys exchange, you know, small talk and pleasantries. And then when you guys get in your car to leave, you're like, do you believe she was like that? Not that type of shit. I'm talking about like with someone all the time, you know, everything about them. You hate them and love them at the same time. And, you know, and um, that thing is that thing. Prison provides that opportunity that you that otherwise, and right, rightfully so, would have been gone forever because you know you're adults and you don't have time for that shit. But in prison, that's definitely a thing you get to do again. And I think when you hear like me and Gr Joe, um, you can see that like oh that was like right back to that phase of life. You get a little a little taste of, of some of that again that you thought was like gone forever. And, uh, yeah, definitely and for sure. But the one thing I think about is like. When you're when you're uh, when you're young and you're in high school or whatever it is, you're obviously like some of something that I think about is is uh, is like you're very very immature and and you don't know it and it's not your fault. But like big th- uh, small things seem like huge things. Like the biggest problem I had in high school was like, oh, I like this girl and she didn't like me, and my friend isn't inviting me to parties or some some shit like that. Now, I definitely definitely understand what you're saying about you know coming there and they're like you know bits and pieces that are very very similar, but you guys are all grown-ups and you're bringing so much more with you adult, full adult lives and trauma and and you know you're bringing all that along with you yeah you you say that that stuff goes right out the window and it is exactly <laughs> back to high school i'm telling wow. you this is not even college this is a hood version of high school <laughs> um people get jealous about cook-ups so like whenever you know it can be a social thing where i'm like you you know, you bring half of it, I bring the other half, and it's like a social ritual like type thing, right? So yeah. whenever I don't really do them with people anymore because it's I'm not interested. I'm not right. interested in social doodling. Like I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> so I'll be making my own thing and since the tits will come up, at least him, but definitely him will go, That's crazy, you never asked me to get in uh, in the cook up and <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, Yeah, 'cause I'm not cooking up, asshole. And so that that's a thing for sure where people get uh he's he's not really he's just like kind of halfway joking it does kind of bother him a little bit but um yeah people get super jealous about cookups about damn you had a drink coming up today and you didn't tell me man fuck you piece of shit man fuck him i don't fuck with him it's like it's that without the girls which is why um like having zero homophobia in me that's why that there there is some sort of negative connotation with that is because it brings a lot of drama in when uh, you're having like relationships with people in here. And it's also, yeah. there's a thing, there's a just, I'll say it, just a straight jealousy hater thing where it's uh, like, hey, I don't get, it's like if you were, we were all like on a on an island starving and one person, you know what I mean, had a little bit of food and they were eating it in front of you. You'd be like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Like, no, throw it away. None of us get to eat. <laughs> like, that's like, a, like you... <laughs> You get to have, so yeah, but minus the girls and all that stuff, it's, it's super immature and it's, it, all the bullshit baggage that comes with it is a thing too, but there's definitely that, uh, foxhole camaraderie of that, that, that was just gone that I don't think, and it's not worth the trade off, you know, I'd rather be out there with my kid and, and doing all that stuff, but right. that's definitely one of the, uh, positives. You know, we did the whole episode on pranks and shit. Like, you never see that on uh, Nat Geo. Yeah. Well, let me say this. You say that, you know, that's like jokingly, you know, but, uh, and lovingly even that there's like an immaturity and it's like, oh no, it's, it's, we're just idiots and we're just, I mean, you didn't say that, but you know, you say that and I hear you, 
but something that comes to my mind is like, all right, like human beings, we're always going to adjust to whatever situation we're in, whether we're fucking cavemen or we're yeah. uh, Park Avenue in New York or we're in prison. We're all you know, just human. So there's there, things are funny, things are not funny, there are ups and downs and all that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the baseline, like what, what brings gravitas to the relationships that you guys have, at least from my perspective, because I don't see it as like, oh, Joe and... Uh, Dear Joe and, and Bobby, oh, that's, oh, look at them. They're fine. Like, it, it, like, I see the camaraderie and I see the friendship and I see the funniness and I see the silliness. I see all that. But something that comes, but something that, that I think about is you, there, there's a gravitas that comes along with that, with, with those relationships because you are finding joy, humor, at even normalcy at, at, with all the, with, with, the, with all the prison ingredients of which in, include violence, uh, despair, right? I don't have to list them all for you. You know, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah, you're coming, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like they're, they're on the bedrock of, of some pretty, some very, very extreme things. So that's why I think, you know, to find, you have to journey much, much further to enjoy those like more simple things. And I can tell you're used to them. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that's, but it's like in high school. I mean, that's just you're not. It's a it's that's a passive process. You're just fucking yeah. dicking around and oh, that's funny. He, uh, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. So, oh yeah, this is like it is in the spite in spite of everything, the design of this place. And then there's that's not you know as as much as I'm about like painting a three dimensional picture. It's not to say like we're all in here. Like there's a real emotional yeah. and psychological trauma to being like even told when you can shower and when you can eat and oh, yeah. sleep and who can come visit you and watching you and strip searching you and looking at your asshole before and after a visit. There's like a real, even no matter what you do to cope with it and deal with it, there's a real trauma that right. I can tell is a lingering thing that will never leave me for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, oh, there's a fight going on right now. Oh, I'm between, oh, oh my God. God. Oh, between um, the one they call Jim Scary. And then yeah. uh, um, Miley, and now Jim Scary's on top um, with a pink scrunchy kicks now, and now Chicken is Jim Scary's boyfriend, and they got away with it. Wow! Nobody, <laughs> nobody broke that up. Well, no, 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 Chicken just broke it up. But they're gonna—they've uh, seen it on the camera. Now they're gonna watch. Um, but yeah, now yeah. it's all gone. They've been dispersed already. Now Jim Scary is. Looks like we're not very creative, right? Jim Scary looks like Jim Carrey. Super skinny, 6'2", um, in a shit-talking uh, session across the way between Barb and um, mm-hmm. Jim Scary. Um, someone threw out, well, you have AIDS, to which Jim Scary replied, yeah, but I'm undetectable now, bitch. <laughs> which is <laughs> like, like, and now Chicken, who has this extreme over, I don't know. Oh, I can kind of hear, hear bits and pieces. So that was Florida. Florida just said, check your woman, chicken. <laughs> he just broke it up. Now, chicken is like a fat dude with, uh, like, the most extreme overbite you've ever seen in your life. Chicken's all right. Used to throw soaps at Jim Scary from across the way and be like, you fag and blah, blah, And then it was like uh, pulling a girl's hair when you like her, because now they're like a couple. And I worry about chicken because it's clear that Jim Scary has um, HIV or the full-blown AIDS, whatever it is. And You, know, you have one minute remaining. And he did eight years, and now he's, um, 
I don't know. They call it sexual misconduct, and I, they don't make kind. I don't know. It's a very, um, very real consequences and scary. And, and they're really like, I'm not mad at them. They really love each other and stuff. And it's just scary. I don't know. It's really complex and, and twisted. And that was just so crazy. Wow. And we're all good now. Everyone's just standing around like, uh oh, uh oh. Nothing happened. Like, like it's a, a Tuesday. You're coming up, and uh, all right. See, this is what happened. Okay, so you tell me when you're listening to the Joe Rogan experience that that shit happens in the background. <laughs> I loved your that, commentary. You tell me that I'm not just you know I'm into MMA, and uh, <laughs> if I would have to say who won, I'd say Jim Scary won. But there was a lot of flailing, and the other one threw a couple punches. To this whole show should have just been about this nonsense. Yeah. Well, folks, thank this you is for why, using this GTL. Is why, this is why people subscribe on Patreon. All right, we're free flowing this thing because uh, you just ask questions when you you're the viewers on this one. And uh, so there's a buzz about the yard, which happens when this type of stuff happens. But there's a certain mm-hmm. type of excitement. People are shadow boxing and like reenacting what happened, and um, <laughs> like laughing. A lot of people are laughing because there's combatants involved. Um, now there's this dude. I guess his name's L.A. <clears throat> now L.A. is uh, Barb's current man. It was. Did I tell you this? Was yelling stuff across the fence like. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not fucking you right now, and you don't let anyone come anywhere except in your mouth, anyways. And, um, no. Across the thing, though, because you can't like whisper anymore because you're like so far away, so everyone hears it. And um, so L.A. is has the 88, the racist 88 on the back of his head, lightning bolts, swastikas, right? He's bald. Okay. Okay. Like with all these Aryan Brotherhood Nazi type shit tattooed all over him, and he's right. just fully. Involved, so he's invested. He's in the middle of all this. He's on the other side with his hands on the fence, wow. like how you would, you know, how you would watch a, a baseball game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> and then there's, um, so yeah, so he's on the other side, and there's rooting and like plans. And um, you remember it just rained. It's been raining here, so there's puddles everywhere. So they're just rolling around in the water. And then uh, the Woody Allen one, Miley, is really a, a nut. So. So they they had to thruple, right? So it's uh, okay. If so I know this stuff because sensitive, I call him the Gay Gazette for whatever reason. He knows everything that's going on with that, like the romantic <laughs> situations and intertwinement. Yeah. And he finally stopped being defensive about me, being like, "How do you know all this stuff?" And his excuses are, "I like, I walk right across from them because they have to walk on the first gallery." Yeah. Um, which are like observation stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, but you know, like really specific stuff." Like, and then now I just. Now he just leans into it and accepts the fact. So, like, yesterday he comes up to me and he goes, hey, I got some new headlines. And I'm like, okay, well, like, let's go. What are they? Yeah. And he's like, so here's the deal. I don't know if you listen to the Thruple episode we do with J.D. So it's Hornhead, who, um, Smeagol, who looks like a troll mm-hmm. doll with a thing pulled up at the top, and then Miley, who's like a Woody um, Allen-looking, like, big nose, glasses, like, wiry, like, just has like a, a left arm that can't fully extend. Um, now, Miley is very loud, obnoxious, ignorant. And um, during like one of the spats where they're yelling back and forth, Barb was like, well, you know, you're all in here for, for CSC cases, like child molesting. Yeah. And uh, Miley goes, yeah, everyone knows what I'm in here for. I don't care, which no one, I don't know what you're in here for, but it's mostly child molestation. And so there are already... Like down. And so, um, so the thruple, he gets into it for whatever reason. He's Hornhead and Miley are on this side of the fence, and the other one, Smeagol, 
Miley had filed a PREA on Smeagol, which means Prison Rape Elimination Act, means you can't be in the same place. And because okay. Miley taking the transgender medication has to be a nine block. So they shoot Smeagol over to 10 block. Boom. So now they're back together. And when I was going to quarter match this morning, Miley, mm-hmm. I can't help but just smile whenever Miley's doing something. Miley's like, no, I want to be with you, Cassie. And uh, <laughs> Cassie's like a, a trucker, like a 50-year-old trucker who smokes 15 packs a day and pulls his hair up to a fucking thing at the top when he's dating someone that's not. I don't know. So he's yeah. over there like, no, fuck you. Stop yelling my name, bitch. And so, uh, so, so he's over there because Miley filed a pre like saying like, oh, he tried to rape me. And it's like a move, which is really bullshit because you catch a case by that. And yeah, India's passed to investigate it. So put them over there. So now he's over here with Hornhead. So two of the throuple, um, were over here, which is why they had to do the wedding through the fence. So, uh, him and Hornhead have a falling out and he's standing next to Hornhead and Sneagles on the other side. He goes, I'm going to. Uh, uh, Hornhead goes, I'm going to tell uh, Smeagol, I'm going to tell him what you said. And Miley says, no, you're not. And he goes, I'm going to tell him. And before he can tell him, he gets punched in the face. Now, oh and, uh, now Hornhead actually, he's like all tough and shit. And like, he's the quote unquote man in the situation. But he like cowers and like gets like kicked in the ass and doesn't want to fight. So apparently after this, Miley's worried about repercussions, which I don't know why, because you just punched the guy in the face and he didn't do anything. He yeah. goes and pays this half Mexican little short like fat dude who yep. hangs around yep. um, who's involved with the romantic aspects of uh, oh. life goes and pays okay. him for protection against the guy that he just beat up <laughs> I know it's confusing it doesn't make sense so <laughs> somewhere along the line he files a Priya on the guy he's paying for protection against the guy that he already beat up <laughs> so I look up the day for yesterday and the Mexican dude who was like I guess the <laughs> protector is on the other side of the fence now with the, oh my God. so now it's separated like that and now like that's where the lines have been drawn and apparently the enforcer mexican is still cool with miley after filing the priya with so yeah that's just like a little thread so like while my the rest of my prison sentence is unfolding that's like happening in the periphery and so miley wow. is now talking to jim scary okay there's development so i don't it might happen again no, it's oh, an yeah. ongoing story, folks. Stopped and facing these, which is like dry. It's like everyone. Fought. Oh, oh, it's again, it's again, it's again. They're throwing punches, and now he's fighting chicken. Now chicken is beating Miley's ass now. And uh, oh, now the cops seen it. Now they're running over. Okay. One is slowly jaw, jostling over, and now. Okay. Uh, oh, another one came outside. Now they're finally cuffing Miley and chicken. Now chicken has his hands fighting for his lady, Dennis Perry. And uh, now Miley just goes, ah, damn it, Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> just saw Sarge walk up. Ah, damn it, Sarge. And then now it's being led away, and uh, the yard is, uh, hold on. Can you hear the murmurs? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the dude just, oh, yeah. just a dude at entertainment, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so, uh, oh, so now, uh, I'm sorry about this episode, of, uh, viewers, but this is, uh, I guess you want to see the dirty underbelly of what's yeah. going on in here. <laughs> exactly. As far as positive things, is, there is the most ridiculous, outlandish, unnecessary, unbelievable shit that you'll ever fucking see in your life. You're like, you can't make this up. Now everyone 
we'll be talking about this later. And, um, yeah, there's a weird, like, when someone sees a fight, there's, like, this energy that runs through the yard. Or more people, yeah. it's, it's kind of, like, tense and, like, energetic and a weird, like, almost. There's coats on the there's clothes a on the A little bit of giddiness to it. Yeah. Um, Barb is now strutting back and forth, probably looking to see if anyone dropped anything of value in the scuffle. And, uh. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. That looks. Like hold on, real stuff. quick though. When they get when they get led away, when that gets broken up, do they both go to the hole? Like there, there's, every time there's a yeah. scuffle, there's there's a pretty big so, consequence to pay. It, yeah, they catch it. So so chicken's got his hands behind the back. They're walking him. He's cuffed, and they're walking yeah. him up towards the control center. There's one, two, three, four, five, six cops, seven. The real one that looks like have you ever seen Peter Griffin at Family Guy when he's like old. He's like gray hair and glasses. Like yeah. he looks just like that. He's walked okay. up. Conveniently, and so the Miami right. got led away to the um, to the hole, I guess, or something. Oh. Yeah. Even okay. if it wasn't your, uh, do they do they keep take into account? Oh, it doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. Your, doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're standing there and you get punched, and the dude jumps and he starts beating your ass. They come, they're cuffing both of you up, and they're gonna put you in the hole, both of you in the hole. Um, if you right. did anything back, you're you're getting a fighting ticket. If you just stay there, cower and cover gotcha. up, um, you won't. You'll likely not catch a fighting ticket. Um, but people kind of look at that as ratting in a way or telling in a way hmm. because if you don't fight back, the other person doesn't get just a fighting ticket. They get an assault ticket, which can be a case, you know what I mean, which usually yeah. isn't, but it can be. So people okay. look at it that if you just get punched and you don't do anything, you're kind of like putting a case on the other person. Well, aside oh, from being yeah. like that you're not defending yourself, but they're like, oh, now you made it an assault because you wouldn't fight back. You know what I mean? Okay. I understand. I, I hear that. Okay. This is a weird, weird universe. A weird there's so many. Yeah, there's a whole code of of. It's a whole society. It's, it's really interesting. Well, I don't know. Um, you know, normally I would have uh, been really reticent to commentate on that. You know how I am with like withholding <laughs> stuff. I don't want to be dry snitching on anyone. But this yeah. is like you. There's so many people around. Someone was going to end up telling, and this by yeah. the time this comes out, it'll all be all settled and everything. Sure. So. Wow. Okay. So I don't know how you maintain a, a show going forward from here, but um, yeah. So oh, all right. a lifetime so without, show. You know. Well, without being able to fully get into, you know, you get the gist. There's some things we'll go over. Some. I did have a visit um, on Saturday. Yes. My first non-family member in person, though very COVID-restricted visit of my family. Hey. <laughs> All right, go on though. I'm interested to hear about this, and I'm happy. So I worked out. You know, I work out probably five days a week. Anyways, about that. But mm-hmm. this was like nine days straight, getting sun, like really trying to, like you know, you heard how I was on date night. So this is going to be in yeah. person. Now yeah, the yeah. Jordan, the 23 year old, doesn't think I'm six foot tall, right? She's like, I don't remember you mm-hmm. being that. So I'm like. I got to prove that. <laughs> I got to wear. I had to borrow a shirt and nice shoes and really nice pocket pants because we haven't been having visits. And when I do have in-person yeah. visits, they're with mom, so I'm not really too concerned with looking off the sure. um, yeah. And I put a quartermaster kite in to go get new shit. The visit was on Saturday. Got called out on Friday, and it was canceled. Now they're taking. Hold on, just a minute, filming. Now Jim mm-hmm. Scary mm-hmm. is being let out in cuffs because they must have mm-hmm. went back on camera and rewound it and saw that. Wow. One. Oh shit! They got replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes they'll do that. Like they'll they'll do like weeks back. You'll get away with something for weeks, and they'll go back and catch you on camera yep. when they're bored. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
Okay, well, that's a full think, resolution. I'll think about that. So, yeah, <clears> so I get super ready. We go, um, I go out there, and, uh, and, and I have a, I'm not nervous at all, but there's, like, some excitement, some anticipation. Sure. I left shitty the night before because I had to wake up early yeah. and go do the, you have to do a corona swab. Now, here's the, here's the gig. Normally, you mm. go, and uh, you go, they, they bring you in first. They shake you down. You go sit at a table. They tell you what table to sit at. Or you can pick, depending on where you're at. And you wait there, and then they process your people in. They come in. You hug them all. You sit down. And then you got food. You can play cards. You're sitting at a, a little table, you know, a little knee-high coffee table, clear one. And you're, you know, there's a chair next to you and, like, two in front of you on the other side of the table. And you all, you can hold hands and play, you know, whatever. It's real, like, personal. Now there's only, and there's probably 15 of those tables. Now they have six okay. of them. And they're big tables that are, like, more like dinner tables, like up to your waist-type joints. With okay. plexiglass cover dividing it underneath and up top, and um, so you come in this time and sit on one side, and then they process them in. You have to keep your mask on the whole time. You can hug, embrace when they get there, and embrace when they leave. But other than that, you got to sit on the other side, uh, opposite sides of the table. Um, so I get there and uh, see Jin in person for the first time since the peak wow. thing, and yeah. Just uh, get to hug her, and normally. So wait, how how long has that been? That was uh, how, how long ago was that? The first time you met her at the uh, at writing course. So oh, a year. Okay, so it's been a year since. Over you, a year. Wow. Okay. Over a year. Yeah, it's been over a year. And so the big oh, thing was oh. I had to ask everyone like, hey, I've never had one of these visits, so I never really paid attention to the physical affection, like the shit you're allowed to do or not. I just knew you were allowed to kiss the beginning, kiss at the end, right. which obviously right. now you can't because Corona. So I had to ask sensitives. I'm like, what's what's going on? Like, when can you grab like ass? Because like, I, I know when you yeah. used to be able to take pictures that you could kind of sneak. And he's like, well, it depends. If they bring one person in at a time, depends on who's working up there. If they bring one person okay. in at a time, if you're the first one, everyone's watching you. And so you can't. Mm-hmm. Really. But if they bring all the guests in at once, yeah. there's like so many that you might be able to sneak a little. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they bring Jen in first. She's the very first one. So okay. she comes in, and I just lose it. Like, I can't not do it anyway. So I, like, I hug her. <laughs> This is all hypothetical. And as maybe as my hand's going down, it gets caught or something near her belt uh, and on my non-existing watch, and I just am like, squeeze, like a full, her left cheek with my right hand, just full squeeze, like, I haven't touched an ass and Oh, my God. You have one minute remaining. So as soon as I do that, I look up and see who's really cool. She's really cool. I'm not going to say her name. It's like eyeballs wide looking at me like, are you serious? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I, I did. And then I just go like sit down on the other side of the, the thing. And she goes, okay, so you guys can lean like towards the, because you can't hear each other through the, the plexiglass. So she's like, you so can lean towards the lean end forward. and make sure when you're looking at each other, it's through the glass so you can kind of hear each other. So, uh, okay. yeah, we hug. and That was crazy. Wow. And then, so we have a two-hour visit and we talk and... um I, I don't know. I still haven't, like, fully, like, processed. She was nervous. She was pretty nervous. I could tell in her voice. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. I felt actually really, really comfortable talking to her, which was a good thing. And um, Yeah, absolutely. This is wild, though. Like, you have, you know, like, like this relationship that's initiated, in, in, you know, in, in person, in a course, and then there's, like, so much conversation. There's just so much has happened since that time. It's just it's so wild. It's little incremental that, steps. So it's like me. Yeah. Social media. 
Thank you for using GTL. So here's a little sample of what the new Notes from the Pen Season 10 has in store for our listeners. This excerpt was taken from the episode Boob Tube from our new Season 10, which hits August. It's, it's like a rambunctious movie theater in here with certain shows or events, right? Like you're watching them with everyone. You're not just watching them by yourself on your laptop, your phone, or in your living room. There's right. 300 people, and there's a couple that I would say, like, if it's over 50% of people watching, you're going to call it ubiquitous, but, you know, probably not the yeah. definition. Um, and it's like a, 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 a raucous movie theater. You're like everyone laughs at the same time. That's awesome. Kind of communal. But, uh, or even oh, if we mention it, I'm not sure. But we watched yeah, hold on. Patrice O'Neill together. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. This isn't a... And we kind of enjoyed the fact that, like, while we were both in different locations, it kind of felt like we were the closest, is as close as we could get to kind of watching the show together. And this was, like, such a cool little way to feel. Just knowing that when there was, like, a funny thing or a punchline or when Dane Cook said something douchey, just yeah. to know Cousin Greg that you were out there either rolling yeah. your eyes or laughing or whatever. it really <laughs> made me feel and then when we came back like little schoolgirls yeah. to like talk about it Patrice O'Neill is quite is probably the best example I could think of of that of that um, you know kind of like independent against the green comic folks the, the, we're going to talk about some shows but uh, we say all this to let you know that it's not going to be some 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 regular basic shit it's not going to be uh, oh season 8 of The Bachelor it's not going to that's not what this is so listen do you got one you want to start with Kind of, yeah. I mean, I have a couple, I have a couple, I do. I have a couple jotted down in no particular order, but I'm looking at them. And the first one I just want to shout out, just kind of breeze through them. Not breeze through them. First one is, let's just start with, um, hmm. Okay, you know what? Let's just go there. Fucking Cho Show. All right. Oh, I, I shut the fuck up. Listen, yeah, I, think, I yeah. was just bated breath. I'm like, I want to okay. just, I know we weren't planning on it. I got to start with the Cho Show. We have Which to. is kind of sounds funny in here. And then I was like, he better not say the Cho Show. <laughs> Mind meld. It's an Asian Weird. thing. He was exactly like my friend group growing up. Nuts. Drugs. Yes. See, he Absolutely. planned on. You have one minute remaining. He planned on living his entire life by shoplifting. Like, that was his thing. He's like, I'm just going to shoplift for the rest of my life. And he got arrested like 40 times in Japan and, and did time there and was just, let me fuck this girl. Let me do this drug. Let me just out yeah. of his fucking shit in the best yeah. of ways. Right? Yeah. And somehow he has this windfall where he's got tons of money but doesn't give yeah. a shit, could not tell. Right? Yeah. And he used it for really interesting things. Do, do you remember if it was Time Magazine? It was some magazine that he's like, I'll do interviews for you, but uh, I'll pay for the whole thing if it doesn't outsell LeBron, whatever. I don't remember which one it was, but there was someone Sounds else like that was doing huge stuff. And, yeah. he's like, and, and then he goes, uh, he goes on and he's like, I'm only interviewing Barbara Walters like naked in a jacuzzi, which is <laughs> the way it went. But it was something weird like that. And he did a bunch of those. And then yeah. it was like the highest selling yeah. thing. And he's... Um, He's this really interesting guy who's, like you said, is like raw and yeah. super flawed and emotional and just wants to, he's warts and all. So yeah, so what all he right. did was he paid for all the stuff for himself, the filming, editing, as far as I'm, I'm aware, I'm, he paid for everything himself and was like, listen, you know, because one of the things with TV uh, companies or executives is they don't, it's an investment for them. Right, so they're yeah. like, "Well, what if we do this?" And may I, people, it shows our demographic show that obscure, weird, 
art interviews <laughs> by maniac Korean guys aren't exactly whatever. So he does this shit. He'll go, well, I'll fucking pay for it. I'll shoot the whole thing. If you don't like it, throw it away or don't use it. Very raw, like pushes the envelope. And do you remember the scene where he's talking to um, Asa Akira? Yep. Don't pretend like you guys don't know who it is. Yeah, you all know. Yeah, you know. You yeah. deleted a couple of those yeah. cookies. Uh, uh, Multi-billion dollar uh, 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 industry. It's not, just, it's not just Bobby and I that know her. So um, she's on there, and, you know, she's like a pretty extreme porn star. You know, she's not just doing missionary positions. She's doing gaping butthole stuff. Just like, you know, oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And uh, so he's... So she's pregnant during the interview, and he's, like, talking, mm-hmm. like, what about the kid? And she's, you can tell she has these, like, hypothetical, theoretical ideas of how she's going to broach the subject right. with her kid when it inevitably yeah. comes up. But he goes, yeah. he starts doing this thing where he's talking as her 15-year-old son to her. Yeah. Remember that? And he starts Absolutely. going, he's like, he lost it. but he's doing it, he, like, loses himself in it, and he's going, fuck you, mom. And she's like, well, a piece of sex is a great, and he's like, fuck that shit, I don't give a fuck about that. These guys got pulled over every time I go to school. To hear the rest of the David Show episode and find out what other edgy shows they talk about, visit Notes from the Pen on Patreon and sign up. And remember, it's going towards a good cause. We're going to be paying down Bobby's restitution. It will help us crank out more of these podcasts and maintain the Notes from the Pen website. Finally, to stay current, please follow us on Twitter. This is Mama C, and we are gone.